It's time. It's time for the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Blondin. This is episode 33. Welcome back for those who are returning for another week of sports betting action, sports news action. Uh, If you haven't joined us before, welcome for the first time. This is your sports betting site that goes over the top stories, the top games, the hot games, uh, looking for the betting action, taking some long shots, taking some uh, high, high-end high games, t- some underdogs, taking uh, the game that's on TV, that kind of betting podcast. We're looking for action, action, action. And this is, like I said, the overrated experience. You can follow the overrated sports betting experience on Twitter at overrated, E-X-P-E-R-2. That is at Twitter, overrated, E-X-P-E-R-2 for the overrated sports betting podcast and you can also join us on our facebook page join the overrated experience sports betting podcast facebook page simply search you'll find us join welcome add your comments add your thoughts and of course this is uh and we're advocates of responsible gaming if you do not have the money you can't afford to lose it I can't strongly urge you enough not to maybe hold off. Maybe hold off until you can't afford it. The good thing, the good best advice I've heard in a long time is that there is no shortage of games. If you miss today, there'll always be tomorrow. If you miss this week, there'll always be next week. So please bet responsible. Be responsible. This is for fun. Don't lose your uh, lose your head when you're trying to chase. So uh, I just want to make that sure that's clear what... We do this for fun. We do it for uh, put some extra money in our pocket. But at the end of the day, let's be smart about it. All right. Overrated sports betting experience is back again. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of playoff action going on in the NBA. Obviously, the NHL. Uh, golf action still going on. Champions League just wrapped up. Quarterfinals. We're into semifinal action. And this week, we're going to dive into more of uh, the NHL and NBA playoff action that's on a nightly basis wall-to-wall action sports betting action we're not going to touch so much this week on baseball we'll touch a little bit on some news from the nfl a little bit of news around the nhl and nfl uh, nba also with the nfl draft so uh, let's get to it let's open it up and guess what you know you're talking to a sports podcaster that lives in the toronto area when i say toronto area i actually live in toronto so that is quite the area and one thing about being a Torontonian is growing up, and if you know the sports betting landscape, or sorry, the sports landscape in Toronto, the team that stands out mostly because of disappointment is uh, in the NHL, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a long, historic franchise in the NHL. They are, for those unfamiliar with the NHL, part of the original six, meaning that uh, they're one of the first folks in the door in the NHL and have numerous Stanley Cups, 11 Stanley Cups, but they have not won a Stanley Cup since 1967. And that's way before I was born, a long time ago. And you would think at this point, with many teams entering the NHL that have one or multiple Stanley Cups that the Leafs would have won a Stanley Cup from now since 1960, 1967 till now. We at least have one. But guess what? That's not the case. 
So each year when we get into the playoffs, we have hope. And for the last few years, with the recent crop of young talent now getting older, with Austin Matthews, uh, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, uh, and company, the thought is is that we at least at least make a Stanley Cup run. You know, get to the final potentially, make a few. You know, get to a conference final with this group of players, and that just simply hasn't happened. This team has lost. Was it four or five years straight? I guess five years straight of elimination games in round one. The only time they haven't lost in round the first round is the play-in round during the COVID year, where they lost the third game against Columbus to get into the playoffs. Just disgusting, disappointing up to this point. Now, how do I feel about it? Well. I almost feel indifferent about it. Uh, I look at it as I've been disappointed already for multiple years. There is a, a lot to digest when the season's over and you had an expectation of a run uh, that would go beyond the first round. And so we start off, you know, 2023 coming into this year. And the feeling is that there's 82 games, but, but, what does it matter unless, you know, there's success in the playoffs? So here we are. Here we are. Tuesday evening, puck drop. Toronto, again, takes on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been to three Stanley Cup finals in the last three years, have won two of those finals, knocked the Leafs out last year, and we're back. So, you know, you, you, you get ready, watch the game, sit in, you're ready to go, and... First period ends, it's 3-0 Tampa Bay. So, let's just say the game didn't go well from there. The game ended 7-3 Tampa Bay. The follow-up from that is not only did the Leafs lose, it exposed Ilya Samsonov for a goaltender. Played like garbage. Um, looked at Michael Bunting. Took a five-minute major for an elbow to the head. We'll get to that later. What uh, what occurred there as far as disciplinary action that we'll see him out of the lineup for a few games. So the follow is the next day when you have forty eight hours between now and game two to talk about your feelings and your thoughts. And everybody's got a thought and everybody's got a feeling. I can tell you right now, it's like kind of a a calm rage that a lot of people have. It's just like a disgust, like. Just wow! It, it it's like uh, somebody who continuously lets you down, you know, somebody who's late all the time, or somebody who couldn't come through for you when you needed them uh, at the time you needed them. So right now, I, I would say that uh, I'm cool, calm, and collective at the moment. But if we're on the show next week and they're done, or they look like they're out of the playoffs, you know, down three nothing, whatever, but. There's a chance I might have told you I burned my Leaf jersey. I have, you know, absolute disgust. I will tell you right now, next week's episode will provide an opportunity for you to step away because I'll be using profanity. I will be swearing. And, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts about that right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack it down to game one, give it a shot, see what happens. It's a long uh, series, or hopefully it's a long series. And I do have hopes that the Leafs will come back. They are the better team. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, they're dead if their stars, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, do not produce, and Tron Tavares do not produce. They, I don't care who does whatever else. They're dead, and they're done. 
And if this team does not move on, it needs to be blown up. Kyle Davis needs to like be gone. Brendan Shanahan, Brendan Shanahan, team president, needs to walk into uh, the board of directors, hand in his resume or his resume, his resignation, and say it's over and move on. As there has to be some bold decisions made here, but I'm going to keep cool, calm, and collective, and I'll leave it at that. So right now, as far as what what am I doing right now? What what action do I got going on this Wednesday evening? Well, right now I'm watching Miami get the complete shit beat out of them by the Milwaukee Bucks, who took a beating of their own in Game One. And Milwaukee, without Giannis, is up 136-116 with about a minute of buck 16 left to go. So this series is going to be tied up. A lot of NBA action going on here. So that's what I'm watching right now. But I actually have money on the Kings-Oilers playoff matchup in Game 2. This game to go over 5.5. The Oilers are leading after 1. And I also I parlayed it with the Nuggets' money line win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they're looking pretty good so far. So let's hope that pays off earlier tonight. A lot of action on the Bruins-Florida Panther game. Florida winds up winning that game, tying it up at two, heading back to Florida. That's good for me. Put money in my pocket. And that, uh, that that's exactly what I wanted. And I had also parlayed and live in play a three and a half, over three and a half in the Boston-Florida game as it was 0-0 after the first period. Thought that was going to be a problem with my other over that I had, but it did work out. So, so far, so good. We'll see how the night games go. But uh, when it's, it, this is, I'm trying to figure out, is this the most exhausting period for sports gamblers? With so many playoff games going on, there's a peak when the NFL is still happening, when the NBA and NHL seasons start up. But right now you got NBA, you got NHL playoffs, you got MLB. So a lot going on there and a, a lot of late nights, but this is the best time of year for betters. But moving on to some sports betting news, sorry, some sports news in general. So I talked about the Leafs. I talked about uh, Michael Bunting being uh, penalized, made, uh, kicked out of the game for an elbow on uh, Tampa's defenseman Chernak. It's come down that he's been suspended for three games, which I do not agree with. I have no fucking clue what the NHL is thinking. And yeah, I'm going to be swearing on this one. Michael Bunting is a first-time offender. It is. It has always been known that an NHL playoff game is worth more. So the story behind his three games is that it was a uh, blindside. Or it was a. It was an, uh, it was an interference. So it, he went out of its way to hit him. Uh, the player was concussed, and the player is going to miss the next game. Uh, I, I've never heard this logic. In, in in any way in the NHL over the last few years where, you know, there's a certain criteria for a first-time offender that they would miss three playoff games. Three playoff games. Uh, a playoff game is equivalent to like three or four regular season games. So I, I'm not understanding where the NHL has come down with this ruling. Disgusting, terrible, and amateur hour, of course, with the NHL. Now what's, you know, we had a game also... A few nights ago, Dallas and Minnesota, where Matthew Dumba uh, hit uh, Joe Pavelski, made contact. And the idea is, I guess he fell back and hit his head, but I believe I saw head contact. Uh, and his minor, his major was turned into a minor, no suspension there. But Joe Pavelski is going to miss game two. So I'm not, I'm, again, the inconsistency on in how the NHL looks at every situation, not just safety situations it doesn't make sense and it's a bad precedent because now they're locked in they are locked into the rest of the playoffs if any headshots that at least need to be one a one game suspension 
I mean, I, I somehow interference because it was an interference uh, situation versus uh, an attempted uh, legal hit that goes up to the head. They're locked in now to at least suspend if it's a uh, Nathan McKinnon, if it's if it's a Austin Matthews, or it's any other superstar that uh, may also find themselves in a situation. They are now locked in, and I think the NHL community is going to hold them to it. It's a disgusting, terrible call. Bunting should have maybe one game, three games is way too much. And speaking of suspensions, heading over to the NBA, Draymond Green also suspended one game by the NBA. If you've seen uh, the situation where the re- there was a rebound, and you can see there, I, I posted the video on the uh, Overrated Experience Facebook page. You've probably seen it on Twitter already. Draymond Green comes down. Sabonis also comes down from Sacramento. Sabonis actually reaches out to grab the legs of Draymond Green. And when I first saw this replay, I looked at it and thought, well, you know, he's grabbing his leg. You know, what's Draymond to do? But when you watch it over and over, Draymond Green goes a little way too excessive on his how he's separating himself from Sabonis. He literally stomps on him and puts pressure on him. It's, it is a vicious act. And Joe Dumars, uh, who made this decision, talked about Draymond's history as well. So I, I got to believe that this one game, based on if you look at the footage a few times, it does make sense. So one game, you got my support. It makes sense. Originally you didn't, but you got my support. NFL news. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, once again, one of the smartest franchises in sport. They find a way. They, they're, they're a team that finds talent in all the right places. And they've really developed a, like a top receiving core uh, you know, coming into this year to help Kenny Pickett uh, further his development. And uh, what we're looking at is this, the news that they've received. Allen Robinson, uh, they've traded from the LA Rams, uh, uh, if I believe a seventh round pick and shifting a round of funds. And I think uh, Pittsburgh's retaining $5 million of his contract. And he'll head to the Pittsburgh Steelers to join that receiving core that already uh, includes Deontay Johnson and uh, George Pickens. But, you know, the other offensive weapons at Kenny Pickett's disposal is uh, going to be uh, obviously a running back Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, a tight end who's seen a lot of action last year, is absolutely putting together a, a strong offense here and the Steelers just do it again so Allen Robinson underutilized wasted in uh, with the Rams so the Steelers do a great job of buying a stock at its lowest and right now Allen Robinson's stock is at its lowest and also the Rams are looking to cut salary so they they're like a shark with the blood in the water they're gonna get Allen Robinson he's you know he's getting up there he's late 20s um, but he fits really well into a team that has a depth and a wealth of wide receiver talent Look for the look for Kenny Pickett to ex- exponentially develop uh, in the uh, passing attack as he becomes the full-time Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. It's a great move there. NFL draft. Now, if you haven't gone in this bandwagon, guys, come on. Next Thursday, you're going to see the hype. You're going to see the hype that's going on with the NFL draft, and you're going to think, ah, it's a Thursday night. Let me get in on it. But start looking at it now. I mean, if we're looking at it right now, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, is projected to be the first overall pick. The Carolina Panthers traded up 
with the Chicago Bears a few weeks back to get that first-round pick. They need a quarterback. The odds are that they're going to take Bryce Young. Uh, the odds were kind of closer with C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, weeks ago, but that separation has uh, significantly widened. Uh, C.J. Stroud's a plus 800. Anthony Richardson is a plus 2,500. And Will Levis, the other quarterback, uh, plus 7,500 uh, to go first overall. Now that is four quarterbacks. You can tell you that Carolina is definitely going to take a quarterback. Now what is interesting is up from Wednesday today up to next Thursday, there's a few picks that might change hands, which may significantly change who is taken in the NFL draft. So as an example, the number two pick by the Texans is absolutely, we don't know what the Texans are going to do. So the idea is uh, that the Texans need a quarterback. But will they hold off this year and trade down and or take maybe like a, a player like Will Anderson, who's maybe the top-rated player, who's a pass rusher out of Alabama, versus taking C.J. Stroud or another quarterback? We're going to see, but that, that that's a significant change and really shakes things up. Then you got the Arizona Cardinals at number three. Kyler Murray's the quarterback, so it looks like they're probably entertaining offers at uh, number three for teams like the Vegas Raiders or Tennessee Titans to potentially move up, or maybe the Colts, who are already sitting at number four looking for a quarterback that may feel that the quarterback they want, they need to move up one spot. But be warned, NFL GMs, as you listen to this podcast, as I know you are, that many teams over recent history have made significant moves and traded draft capital to move up in the draft for a quarterback they liked. So I just remember two examples. Obviously, Trey Young, or, or Lance, uh, uh, Lance Young, oh man, Trey Lance. Geez, sorry guys, Trey Lance, 49ers. The 49ers moved up multiple draft picks to get uh, Trey Lance, and uh, Trey Lance is what started maybe one or two games before injuries uh, have have derailed him, and now reports that they're receiving calls to potentially think about trading Trey Lance as Brock Purdy uh, is the guy now, the mystery relevant that they picked with the last pick in the NFL draft is suddenly uh, moving ahead in the depth chart and maybe rightfully so than the guy they traded multiple picks for. That's, that's outstanding and a warning. I was looking at the Pittsburgh depth chart. Mitch Trubisky is the backup quarterback who's spent – a lot of times, the starter last year, but he was also quarterback in recent history. That the Bears moved significant draft capital, move up, thinking he was their franchise quarterback. Many stories of teams missing on those quarterbacks they believe are going to change their franchise. So you know, uh, but everybody is shooting for the next Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and trying to move up to see if they can get that guy. So we'll see what happens, but a lot of interesting stuff there. Take a look at your sports book. Take a look at all the different draft uh, draft betting options, and you may find that uh, you might have a fun Thursday evening as Roger Goodell comes out, hugs, high fives, fist pumps, all these first-round pack picks. All right, so that's the news and notes uh, before we get into the bigger events. I'm going to start off with the NBA playoffs right now. NBA playoffs uh, are going... Uh, hit hit uh, hit I can't even think of the word I want to use. Started up uh, last weekend, last Saturday, and I'll touch on a few uh, situations, a few series, not all of them. 
Some of them are pretty much done. I can't, I'm not going to say much about the Sixers and Brooklyn Nets. I, I feel the Sixers up by two games right now. That, that series is over. I'm really not going to pay any attention to that. Boston's manhandling Atlanta. I don't see much coming out of that. Uh, right now, Denver, I, I can't see them slowing down. Uh, I think they'll roll over Minnesota. I think Minnesota is an incomplete team. They were able to sneak back in after the loss in the playing game for for the seventh seed against the Lakers. But, you know, I don't think there's much there, to be honest. I thought there was more, but right now they're not showing much. So just quickly, probably the most interesting series right now is the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Sacramento has jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the series. And as I mentioned, heading into Game 3, Draymond Green is suspended for the Golden State Warriors for a game. So they're going to be short, and they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Sacramento looked good. Now in the NBA, a team looking good at home may look different on the road. And as much as uh, Sacramento looks good, they're not getting any respect whatsoever when it comes to closing out this series. Now I'll give you a few tidbits on why that is. So if you look at the uh, playoff NBA Finals, so to win the NBA championship, Milwaukee, without Giannis right now and losing game one, but going, winning game two, is still a favorite at plus 250. So if you go down the board and you look at the sixth favorite team to win the NBA championship, the Larry O'Brien Trophy, is the defending heavyweight champion, undisputed Golden State Warriors at plus 1,300. That makes sense if I looked at this line before the first two games of that first round series against the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are two games ahead of the Golden State Warriors in their playoff series. Golden State's 1,300. The Sacramento Kings are plus 2,500. So they're still behind as NBA favorites, significantly behind the team that they're up 2-0 on. It, it, so it's, it's weird that there's still no respect. The Sacramento Kings get no respect. Now, I came into the series telling you that I think Golden State will come back. I do believe that. But I guess after every passing game, you start thinking, whoa, Sacramento's looking pretty damn good here. So watch out. But even going into tomorrow uh, tomorrow night's game on Thursday, the Kings are five-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs, which was earlier seven-and-a-half points. So the betting, the money's gone on Sacramento. But even five-and-a-half, uh, I, on the road, I know Golden State was probably is absolutely probably going to play a better uh, game on on home court, but I still like that window of opportunity five and a half points for Sacramento to at least cover. I do see Golden State winning, but uh, interesting there, Sacramento gets no respect. All right, the other series to kind of keep an eye on a series that's tied right now that is the Knicks and Cavaliers. Knicks uh, win game one, but uh, Cavaliers pretty much uh, dismantle, when I say dismantle, they, they quite quite easily handle the Knicks in, in game two the other night. The, the series now shifts to MSG, Spike Lee in the audience, maybe Denzel Washington and other celebrities are going to be out in full force. Knicks are minus two in that game, and uh, what I like in this one is a over-under, and you don't believe this, record it now. But I'm going to take another under. I would say that this game is going under 211, which is the line. And that's if you're looking at the fan book duel. But uh, here's a good example of why you want multiple books. The Bet365, as of yesterday, was showing a line of 212. 
So obviously, if you had your money spread out amongst multiple books, such as FanDuel compared to Bet365, why would you take it at 211 when you can get it at 212? So that's that's one of the significant benefits of having multiple accounts uh, and choosing your favorite line. That puts you in a better advantage to walk away with a win. Also, the series. It's not significant, but the Knicks are still plus 116 uh, underdogs to win the series. I I don't know if you go out of my way with plus 116 to make that wager, but I'll throw it out there as a, a nice value pick, in my opinion. Also, looking at the board, Clippers-Suns. I think Clippers-Suns is a very interesting series. Now, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I thought the Phoenix Suns would have rolled, you know, four or five games. Uh, maybe not four, but five at most. Maybe six to stretch it. And but you know, at no point did I fe- would I feel that the Suns were at risk of dropping the series to the Clippers. But I don't know the way the way the game has gone is that uh, the Clippers got their road victory. I think that they played solid for a certain amount of that game. It was tied at half in the game two, and the Suns kind of like took over from there. But I like this game. Sh- I like this uh, series shifting back to Los Angeles and seeing what happens. So you have uh, that uh, game three. You have the Clippers that are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I, I got to like, on Thursday, uh, plus 116, the Clippers. Why can't they win? They won game one. And uh, the series, I still like. I I like the Suns, but, I mean, the, when you look at the value provided for the Clippers, they're plus 250. I mean, plus 250. This is the Kevin Durant, Durant factor. If, if, if you're looking at it logically, plus 250 Seems pretty pretty good value to me for a team that is split on the road, heading home and playing the Suns two games on the road. So I, I think plus 250 is worth a sprinkling a few dollars onto it. And please tell me, please tell me that you watched in game one at halftime where Russell Westbrook, and I don't know how the hell this happened, so he's walking back, I guess, at halftime, and this guy was just ripping into him. I don't know exactly what he said. It probably probably wasn't nice. Uh, you got to feel it wasn't probably favorable to Russell Westbrook. He confronts the fan in the box, in the fan box. So imagine being in a skybox. Now I think this this setup, this box, is somehow in the in the a pathway where the Clippers would have to get to their locker room. But he confronts this fan. There's a kid there sitting eating pizza, and the guy's getting off the couch, and they're getting into it. I've never seen this before, and I don't believe I, I don't understand how, even though probably Russ was probably in theory justified to chirp back to a fan that probably was going overboard on saying some stupid stuff, but I can't imagine that it's a good thing that your players are confronting you know paying fans, uh, you know verbally. Uh, it it, it like, approaching where they are, uh, so like Matt, imagine just trying to down a beer and you're like, holy shit, there's Russell Westbrook, and he's he's over by the couch over there and uh, he's ripping into a fan like about to get in a fight. It's a uh, weird scene. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's it's odd. It's, it's very odd, but hey, it's entertaining. That's what it's all about. So Clippers are decent uh, value there. That's that's kind of what I look at the NBA so far. Uh, again, I, I believe that the Milwaukee Bucks at 250 are still the favorite. They got the easier road to the final. They have home court advantage where they dominate. Gian- Giannis had the negative X-rays on his back, so he wasn't playing tonight. But I expect him. We expect him back 
soon or, or at least when they feel that they're in danger. I don't feel that Milwaukee believes they're in true danger in any way against Miami, to be honest. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Milwaukee still to play. And the West is going to be a, a shit show to try to get out of there. Too many tough teams. Moving on to the NHL playoffs now. A lot of action going on here. The action is night after night. So each team, uh, for the most part, is playing every two nights. Unlike the NBA, where it seems like it's going to take six years before the first round's over. And uh, what we have so far, as I talked about off the top, the Leafs getting smoked in Game 1. Now again, the Leafs, who got knocked out in seven games against Tampa Bay last year, did win the first game against Tampa Bay at home, 5 nothing, And that didn't turn out to their favor. So I'm not too... Well, I'm concerned, but I'm not going to admit it. But I'm not too concerned necessarily. So the Leafs at plus 108 probably provide great value for the series as uh, they go into game two tomorrow night. So let's... Uh, I, I'm going to put my uh, chips on the Leafs and I may have to put out there I'm going to burn my jersey if they don't. Like I said before, I don't know. I'm debating that. Here's the Here's the series that... I think we have a team in the New Jersey Devils that had a spectacular regular season, uh, contended for division uh, with Carolina, took the home ice advantage over the, of the Rangers, but I think we have a lack of experience here, and I do like the New Jersey Devils to fold under this pressure. <laughs> and I think that we're going to see Rangers win this in five, maybe four, uh, maybe even sweep this thing. So... Uh, I'm not going to touch the series with the Rangers now, up one and minus 205. But what I'll tell you is going into tomorrow night, the Rangers are plus 110. And I would I would take them on the road to take two games out of New Jersey before heading back to MSG. Now, interesting to note that uh, last game, uh, I did take the over four, five and a half. And it didn't look good. But what was very promising and something to keep an eye on for you live bettors or even looking at the five and a half now, which I did take the over again, is that Lindy Ruff, coach of the New Jersey Devils, down 4-1, did pull his goalie down three goals. And if, if, you, if you know me, I, 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 I've said many times that I don't understand the analytics where coaches do not pull their goalie down three goals, while some of them do. It, it doesn't make sense. There's there's no rhyme or reason why, if you're losing, what do you have to lose by pulling your goaltender down three goals if you are got a face-off, if you've got a team stuck on an icing, like something where you could potentially get back in the game. But that raised my eyebrow and say, oh, they're doing it now in the playoffs. So this could be something to think of as uh, the game develops. And maybe there's a 2-1 game heading to the third. There's a better shot. There's more than two goals. And there might be value there. So keep that in mind. That there may be pulling goalies with three or more goals versus more less more than they did in the, in the regular season. Now, what else we got for the NHL, for especially Thursday? I got a parlay for you. I have a parlay that uh, the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights, both teams, dropped their first game. The Avalanche dropped against the Kraken. Now, if you watch that game, the Kraken were helped by Grubauer, a goaltender. He was standing on his head. You had that feeling that he just wasn't going to let one pass. He's a good goaltender, but he's not that good. The Avalanche are going to pump him. They're going to pump him on Thursday. And I do like Vegas to squeak it out past uh, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg is a good team. 
They're a really good team, actually. Under, they should probably have a, you know, have home ice advantage. They should have put up more points as they, they really fell off near the end there. But they got they got everything you want. They got the uh, goaltending. They got the depth forward, solid defense. So not surprising they won. But I can't, I can't see Vegas dropping two at home uh, to open the series. So if you put the Avalanche and the uh, Gold Knights together, yeah, with a nice parlay, put a hundred bucks on it. You're gonna win one hundred thirty-nine dollars. I think that's I think that's good as gold. Um, so that's that's what I'll suggest for a parlay tomorrow. Also, just heading back to the Avalanche game, team total at minus is at three and a half at minus one ten. I I do see that the Avalanche are going to light up the Kraken for at least four goals. I say five, but uh, at minus one ten, I think there's value there. So team total Colorado. Over three and a half. And that is the NHL story heading. But keep keep in mind, guys, it's uh, a lot of live betting opportunities, a lot of uh, a lot of action going on, player props that I haven't looked into a lot of that. Uh, but player props are there's a lot of stuff going on. If you wanna if just just take a look at your sports book they have to offer, maybe there'd be something appealing for you. Now to close out the this week's podcast, uh, I've been talking a lot of golf lately. I've shifted the priority of the this week's golf matchups to the end of the podcast. So right now we have the Zurich uh, Open for New Orleans. Uh, the Zurich Open, sorry, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. And what the uniqueness of this tournament is, is that it is a team competition. So there are teams of two that are competing versus your regular individual format. So there are 80 teams starting on Thursday, uh, paired up, and they will play two different formats depending on the day. So there's a four-ball format, and there is a foursome format. And the the four-ball format is going to kick off on Thursday. And what that means is teams will be taking alternating shots, so, for example, player A tees off, player B will take a second shot, and then player A will take the next shot, then player B will take the next shot until the hole is done. And player A will tee off on all the odd holes, and player B will tee off on all the even holes. So, And what will happen is it's basically one score because they're alternating shots. And then, secondly, on the uh, round two and round four, they're going to play foursome, which that which means basically is that both players on each of the pair will shoot, but only the best score will be taken at the end of the hole. So as an example, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, defending champions, will be back and the favorites in this tournament. They will, for example, if Cantley had a par on a hole, but uh, Shoffley... Uh, had a, a birdie, the score that would be recorded is the better score, which would be the birdie. So something of interest, a little change up from the regular tournament, interesting stuff. But one great story here that you may want to think about, as I know I did, is that uh, if you look at the teams, one of the teams is made up of, just hold it, wait for it, wait for it, is Matt Fitzpatrick and Alex Fitzpatrick. Now, Matt Fitzpatrick, for you golf fans, you should know he was the winner of last week's RBC Heritage Classic. He defeated uh, Justin Spieth in uh, extra holes. 
Now, he's also the defending U.S. Open champion. He's going to be pairing with his younger brother, Alex Fitzpatrick, who's currently on the European... Uh, uh, it's called the European Challenge Tour. He's not a PGA Tour card member, but if these brothers win the tournament, what happens is, well, more importantly for Alex, the younger brother, is that he'll be provided a two-year exemption uh, on the tour. So he'll be a two-year participant on the PGA Tour, also entry into the PGA Major Championship, which is very significant um, that his brother basically could carry him into a higher level of golf. So I, I don't know if you want to cheer him or cheer against, but if they win, you'll see his younger brother on the PGA Tour. And uh, that's that's just a nice little wrinkle when you're watching the tournament or at least checking the scores. Matt Fitzpatrick and Alex Fitzpatrick. So those are the stories heading into the weekend. Um, we have a lot going on. Uh, there's, uh, again, I think I only missed, maybe the update I forgot was the Champions League semifinals are set. Yes, I did. I did miss that. So Man City defeated Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, some people say Bayern München. Uh, uh, aggregate of 4-1. to one. They will move to the semifinal for three years in a row. They will take on Real Madrid, who took out Chelsea. Real Madrid is the defending Champions League champions. And the other bracket's going to be Inter Milan versus AC Milan, which is a joke because these are inferior teams. So really, your May 9th uh, and May 16th home-and-home matchups between Real uh, Man City and Bayern Munich are going to be your true championship. And uh, May uh, June 10th is when, it's a Saturday actually, is the Champions League final. So a lot of the betting action there, and we'll get into maybe more uh, in-depth betting as the final approaches. Well... That's it. I'm going to say it again. The pleasure was all yours. Can I say go, Leafs, go? I just did. All right. Good night, everybody.